We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University of I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. We, we left a little bit of meat on the bone here, but I think that's okay because, like, the main things and the most relevant, important, immediate things were to, were to talk about Victor and were to talk about kind of our new... Uh, observations on Scoot in this new role. I think um, later in the season, we can talk about some of these other G League Ignite prospects because there are a couple on yeah. this team. We, we we hit like very briefly on Mojave King and Leonard Miller. I also think we'll have time probably in our more Hornet-centric spot, centric podcast to talk about kind of what these two prospects mean and whether it can or should kind of uh, affect cup check and and the organization's decision making about this season i think we'll have time to cover that as the season unfolds on the hornets podcast the one thing i wanted to throw at you brian before we get out here and this is just a complete like niche basketball fun who was your favorite like kind of throwback ncaa name in this game because there were a couple on both teams man there were some good ones (laughs) including like recent like you know Aaron Henry is a guy that I loved across yeah. multiple drafts. He was good too. Yeah, I thought he, he was. was I thought he was. I thought he was. He, I thought he was pretty damn good. Um, so that one was fun. I mean, like, John Jenkins was solid yeah. for G League Ignite. <laughs> uh, I mean, tre- getting to see Tremont Waters play basketball is always a, a joy, a treat, yeah. a treat. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll say Henry feels like too too re- also. Eric Eric Mika and like him at times <laughs> having to like go against Victor was like, don't worry, buddy, it'll get easier for you. I yeah, prom- yeah. <laughs> like it's not fair. They've asked you to. I mean, he and Leonard Miller just like getting thrown to the wolves, having to like you know hang with that guy is uh is is pretty tough. So I'll go with I'll go with Henry though. That feels like a bit of a. It's like too recent, I think. Honestly, no, that's a, that's a good that's a good one. And Waters and Jenkins, my. My personal favorite, and I'm glad you left this one for me, was Aubrey Dawkins. Oh my like, god, yes. <laughs> yeah. Completely forgot about him, but like 
I mean, people, of course, will remember, and Brian, you will very intimately remember the Taco Fall Zion Williams game in the NCAA tournament. Incredible. But Aubrey Dawkins was awesome in that game. Yeah. Um, and, of course, is uh, Johnny Dawkins' son and and played really well, too. I'll, I'm, I'm excited to watch him a little bit on this G League 19. I think he should get, like, it. he's deserving of, like, a roster spot or at least I agree because of his size and his – his shooting, um, I, I think he's. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him getting, you know, minutes in some regard for for an NBA team at some point soon, perhaps this season. There was a cup of coffee for James Sutherland in the first <laughs> yeah, game, there you go. Which, which was another good one. So uh, I think I've gotten in some of the. I guess maybe Marcus Graves too. There were some. There were some solid. Some solid oh, names. Man. I do very very quickly, and I know we need yeah. to, we need to get out of here, but. Because Richie and I touched on this very briefly, I would like to. If you have, a, do you have a couple of minutes to talk? Yeah, just real quick. Like we'll 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 keep it brief here. But do you think real quickly? Do you think what happened this week changes what the Hornets do at all this season? And it and it. I mean, the fact that it was. I know it's just preseason, but those two games being bordered by the Hornets looking, um, pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. in preseason. Where where are you in terms of that? It's impossible to sort of like read the room from the outside, but do you think it has an impact on them as they go into the season? Do you think it should? I, I think there's one obvious answer to these questions, but where are you in terms of, of that? Yeah, projecting the whole I mean, you know, it's tough, man, because I've kind of tried to stay a little more level-headed through this summer and tried to have the opinion of like, Look, at the end of the day, the roster is very similar to what it was last year. Ideally, our young players are improving. And and now I'm starting to think that might be that might have been a bit naive. Like I, I think obviously the Miles Bridges situation sucks for a, a million di- on a million different levels. Yeah. But just like from a pure basketball standpoint, I mean that you know, he was clearly and by far the second best player on this team, and he's just gone. And that, along with some of the stuff we've seen in the preseason, I, I think, uh, and, and this is not breaking news and is, is no secret to anyone who listens to this pod, but like, I think Jordan will be kicking and screaming all the way to what the right decision should be. Like there's no question in my mind at this point that the Hornets should be trying to reset around the young core. My base case is they won't do it. Like all the history tells us this team is more likely to trade for like Mike Conley than they are to trade away Rozier and Hayward and like uh, continue to try and push for the ninth and 10th seed. So like, my medium base case is they will not do what I would what I wish they would do. But after yeah, I mean look, I think we've all kind of thought they should do this even prior to what we just saw. And yeah. what we just saw is just further evidence that they they should be trying to put their 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 name in this sweepstakes for either one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I the only the only thing that could change that is like, what if this team starts like four and eighteen or something? You know, I mean, what if they're just horrific out of the gates? And 
And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe we should move on from a couple of these veterans. But it almost feels like it's like too little too late, maybe too at a certain point. So yeah, that that's how I feel about it, man. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So it's it's interesting because I, I tend to mirror your thoughts. And look, I've been saying, I think all of us have been saying on this pod that like, for months now, since the Bridges thing really put everything, threw everything sideways for them. That th- that changed everything. Yeah, like with him, everything. I'm it's- still up, to, you know, and obviously there's a whole nother angle to this, but just we're right. talking only basketball. Yeah. Like with Bridges, I still think that, I don't think there's any reason why this team wouldn't win 40, 41, 42 games again. For sure. And it's one of those things where like, I went on, like I went on Nate Duncan's pod to to fill in for, for Spencer on the Hornets preview earlier this week. And we did win projections at the end of it. And I took the under on the Hornets and I, I yeah. threw out some number in the low 30s. And I mean, yeah. I, a number that I think they're going to need to get below if they really want to like, be absolutely, you know, really like improve their odds to to go after these guys. And, you know, it was a big difference. It was like, you know, a, an eight, nine win difference from what they ended up with last season. And, and Nate asked me, he was like, oh, do you think Miles Bridges is like, you know, an eight, nine win player? And it was like, it's like, it's like not in terms of win shares. Do you know what I mean? Like definitely totally. not. But it's when you talk about the floor, this specific raising, context, yeah. the specific roster the, the, <laughs> in, in it, and what he was for them offensively as a floor raiser because of his ability to be like their far and away their best pressure point on the rim. 
Totally. Like, Steve Clifford can talk all he wants about how good Charlotte's rim numbers looked last season. It's like, yeah, they were six in the NBA in percentage of field goal attempts at the rim. That's great. Um, and they took a lot of corner threes. That's also great. A lot of that stuff gets generated off of the rim pressure, and then you you kick out to those open shooters. Um, you're missing the most important piece in terms of creating that. And I know, like, and and well, like obviously Lamelo does so much for this team from a creation standpoint. But like where he and he's incredible, but like where he is limited is going to be maybe a little bit further exposed this season um, without, without bridges and with like more of an ask on him. So I think like one of the potential saving graces for this team, and I said this to Richie is like, they just, it may not matter. Like they may be trying to gun for the the 10th seed, but like it ultimately, it may not be enough. And they're so thin that like, if Hayward is actually going to like miss time in the regular season, which what we're being told now, at least is that right. if it was right. the regular season, he'd be playing. But like, if we're right. already there, like we're recording this October eighth, man. Like, if we're there already, <laughs> uh, you know, just like they can't afford. And if if Lamelo missed two weeks or three weeks, if Terry Rozier missed some time, so that, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, if I mean, obviously, knocking on all the wood, God forbid, I want Lamelo to play eighty two games this season because I love him and he needs the development, but. If Lamelo were to go down for any significant there, portion of time, no chance. They're totally they, they might be they might be the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, seriously, it, it's it's starting to look more and more like that, especially as you're looking out to see what. I mean, all of a sudden, Orlando and Houston they have these just incredible, and I know like in Oklahoma City they have these incredible collections of like young players as they've just even within a in, you know Oklahoma City's maybe taking a more like holistic approach, but. Um, Utah, Utah, and San Antonio look kind of smart right now, don't they? Absolutely, and, and, <laughs> and, and San Antonio just got just hauled in a great draft class this past season, one that I know you and I liked a lot. Yeah, that's Blake right. Wesley, Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, and, and now they're going to have a great chance to go get Victor or Scoot. Um, and they've still got guys like Devin Vassell on the roster. They can mm-hmm. probably trade off Keldon Johnson at some point if they want to. Like they're in, they're in a very nice spot. Um, in terms of like where their where their rebuild is at, assuming you know good luck with the lottery, uh, exactly. Them, I think the other hopes for Charlotte might be, and to be clear, like I think when you're doing a rebuild, I I like the Oklahoma City approach or or the Orlando like multi yeared approach, right? Where it's like no no no, we're gonna bring in a head coach to develop. Yep. We're going to stockpile picks. We are going to focus on development and like, we're not going to be rushed, right? Like we're, we're really going to like wait until we get like the bona fide the guy because like, you know, if Charlotte had a guy like SGA, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess they kind of do have this with, with Lamelo. Like they would just be like, all right, let's do it. Let's build a team around this person, you know? Right. Like Oklahoma City is saying, like, no, 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 no. Like we're gonna, we're gonna wait. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah. get some guys in here. And we're gonna take our time until we get like another one of these guys on that's on a rookie deal. But I think th- so. They have a patience that I'm not sure is in the appetite of Charlotte's either front office or the ownership, or and maybe at this point now the coaching staff. But I think the hope would be that someone in that front office could go to could go to ownership and say this doesn't have to, we don't have to do this for for 2 to 3 years. Let's do this for one season. We suck. Like we're bad. <laughs> um and like I like 
here are some YouTube highlights of Scoot Henderson, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or of, of Victor. Just watch that first game. And then Just I, watch and, that and first I, game. And that's where I actually think like with the events of this past week, maybe do change some eyes. Like a lot of the reporting out of Vegas or around those games seem to be like, wow, like the teams are getting ready. They're going to line up to tank for these guys, you know? And it did seem like, I think Zach Lowe mentioned this, that maybe that some of those murmurs were posturing from like teams right. that are in contention now yeah, yeah, that yeah. want a team like Utah to trade off guys like, you know, Conley or Clarkson or, or whomever so they can uh, move those guys for less, uh, less in return and, and continue to like continue their tank to the bottom. But I think the hope would be is that you go to MJ and say, look, you go to ownership and you say, look, we this is gonna this is gonna be kind of bothersome. We're gonna be really, really bad for five months. But like if we can move Gordon, we gotta do it. If we can move Terry somehow, we gotta do it. Plumley Ubre, we gotta do it. Let's develop what we have in here. Um and let's go get one of these guys. Let's go get Eamon Thompson. Let's go get Victor Wembanyama. Let's go get Scoot Henderson. Let's try. And so that would be the hope, I think, right? Is that you could sell it on, but this time next year, we're not doing this still. Now, I don't think right. that's like, the in terms of like best practices, like that's the right approach, you know? But it is one that could actually still work out for you. The other thing, and this is where you need at least one other person in the in the front office or on the maybe even on like the business side of the front office to say look we know you want to sell some tickets we know you'd like to try to get into the playoffs it's been a long time and you'd like to get to the play-in and get to the playoffs and we get to have a couple extra games and we're going to make a couple extra million dollars right just like on the gates for doing that but and this is something that i got my the wheels of my brain started turning because i heard Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons talking about this on the low post. Why couldn't you go to ownership and say, Hey, we just, we just ran some numbers here. <laughs> this is what the added value to a franchise of five years of Victor Webb and Yama looks like. That's right. This is what 10 years, which, which dwarfs those gate. Yes, receipts, exactly. By the way. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, all of a sudden the, 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 the two to five million dollars that you get from you know getting to host two playoff games and getting blasted by like the bucks or whatever <laughs> is a drop in the bucket compared to like the maybe billion dollars this guy adds to the value of the franchise and so <laughs> which uh, again this is why like man what a racket it is to own an NBA team like a, a salary capped league where you know the the governors, can can just can yeah can with the with the stroke the luck of a couple of ping pong balls can can add you know indirectly another you know billion half a billion dollars to their empire or whatever but that would be the other hope is that you could say like look like you're you're a great businessman and or whatever like, like look at the look, numbers look at you understand Run the numbers right exactly <laughs> so like financially one of these things makes more sense. Yes, I get that it's like a you want uh you want to be able to keep the lights on or whatever and keep the wheels spinning. You want as much fresh infusions of cash coming in as quickly as possible. However, like a little bit of patience would go a long way. So I think those would possibly be like two of the saving graces, which would be that like this team just ain't that good to begin with. They're very, very thin. And then also like if you can sell sort of like the long term or intermediate term 
financial boon that comes with having one of these guys on your roster, that that might be enough to sort of like get from the top down the strategy, everyone to be rowing in the same direction, at least for the span of a couple of months. Um, so th- those would be the two things I would say. We talked a lot on the last pod with, with Scoot about the fit with LaMelo. Go back and listen to that. I think it would yep. be a great fit. I think in part because I think Scoot is the guy that can be a floor raiser for you. And LaMelo is a, is a floor raiser in his own right too, but is also like maybe the ultimate ceiling raiser yes. because of his creativity, his genius level passing, the, the transition passing, the transition playmaking, and the fact that he is, at this point in his career, an elite off-ball shooter. 43% yeah. on catch-and-shoot threes last season at uh, four and a half attempts per game and around 1.2 points per possession on spot-ups. So like he is absolutely ready and willing to be a part of an offense where there's another person, whether it's Thompson or, or Scoot, um, that's playing a, more of a perimeter slasher on ball role um, in, in LaMelo beginning to sort of like float between I'm running pick and roll this possession. Now on this possession, I'm relocating for a three. Like just he, he LaMelo can be is super scalable, I think because his off ball game and the shooting is so good. So he's a, he's a universal blood type. Yeah, like, you really, that, that's kind of, you know, yeah. it's like there's the Halliburton vibes. Like yeah. you can do both. Super Halliburton vibes, though. You yeah. know, like like yeah, exactly on, ste- on steroids, you know, five yeah. and a half or whatever. You know, so um, and that's no slight. Like Tyrese Halliburton's awesome, um, but Lamelo, I just think has like a. I mean, he, the guy just turned 21. He's already in yeah. He's a different creator yeah, for right. sure. So no all right, any we, there's probably some stuff we left on the on the table. Yeah, no, I'm actually glad we we took a few minutes. I know it made the podcast a bit longer. We appreciate you if you're still hanging with us. I think like obviously this will be kind of a running theme for us throughout the year, talking about what direction the Hornets should um, or are going. But I think we both probably just realized we did have a little bit to get off our chest there. So I'm glad we did it. <laughs> but yeah, look, uh, me and Brian are going to continue to kind of sprinkle in these prospect NBA draft uh, kind of macro thought pods throughout the year. But obviously, uh, starting um, soon, we'll be back to kind of our more regularly scheduled regular season uh, content schedule. So uh, really appreciate our, our audience and lis- listenership out there. Um, for Lee and Brian, we're signing off. Do not forget BuzzBeat Plus. Get the podcast early. Get bonus episodes, extra content, all that great stuff. Um, we will be back soon with Hornets coverage. Go Hornets.